1: Let's go, Brandon. That is my message to Joe Biden. Let's go, Brandon. I'll fill you in on what that really means in a moment. But first, we have a word from the president of the United States.
2: And the Ohio, Pennsylvania, the Ohio, Pennsylvania, I'm from Pennsylvania. The, the, the Illinois president, uh, of the, uh, Don Harmon, State Senator Laura Murphy, State Rep. Uh, um, Martin Mo- uh, Mo- Moylan, and uh, we got great labor leaders here too. Tim, where's Tim? There you go, Tim. Thank you, thank you, pal. AFL-CIO State President, and Jeff Isaacson, United Brothers of Carpenters, you've, and uh, Don Finn, IBW, uh, and uh, and Robert Reiter, reader, reader, R-E-I-T-E-R, re-reader, Chicago Federational Labor. And, folks, uh, that's how we beat COVID-19.
1: Okay. Now, that's salesmanship, huh? Joe Biden on the road, uh, pushing the infrastructure bill and how well he's handled COVID. Maybe he is better off in the basement. Uh, But back to the Brandon situation. Let's go, Brandon. It really is sweeping the nation. Now, you know what we mean here, right? Brandon is this guy, Brandon Brown, and he won uh, a NASCAR race down in Talladega. It was very beautiful for him. He was being interviewed by a reporter, uh, and this happened. All of our partners. Oh my,
2: Just such an unbelievable moment.
0: Brandon, you also told me
3: you can hear the chants from the, the crowd. Let's go Brandon. Stages and just watch and learn what d- learned that helped you there in those closing laps. Oh
0: my! God. It was uh, learning how line didn't uh, stay to and everything shifted top to bottom so much.
1: All right, I'm not going to give the reporter actually uh, the benefit of the doubt. I think, like so many reporters, they took something that was bad for Joe Biden, pretended it didn't happen, and pretended it was something else. But the uh, let's go, Brandon craze is sweeping the nation. Oh, that was. Well, it is what it is, and it's everywhere you go. Hey, this is really unifying the country, actually. Look at that, all walks of life. Huh? It's embarrassing for Joe Biden, and a little bit Brandon, too. I feel bad about that, but it's code for something that Joe probably needs to hear And it's finally uh, having an impact. People are learning the truth about Joe Biden. Take a look at this 38 percent latest approval rating, according to Quinnipiac. So the media, they can only do so much for Joe. They have protected him. They've ignored the bad stories. They've tried to highlight beyond all recognition, anything remotely positive to present a very distorted view of the man. But America, people here are smart. We saw what happened in Afghanistan. We saw the loss. We saw our heroes come home in boxes when it didn't have to happen. Critical race theory, most reasonable people agree that this is offensive and ridiculous and anti-American. And we also know that America, well, maybe over the past couple of weeks, we're unifying and rejecting Joe Biden. But Joe Biden said he was going to unify us. Remember that? Unify us bring us all together. His whole soul was in it Nothing he's done suggests that something else that I think is um, really Annoying Americans this whole battle against conservatives online. This is America You should be able to say whatever you want He gave us a hint actually at the inauguration that he would be playing games when it came to freedom of
2: speech There is truth and there are lies, lies told for power and for profit. And each of us has a duty and a responsibility as citizens, as Americans, and especially as leaders, leaders who have pledged to honor our Constitution and protect our nation, to defend the truth and defeat the lies.
1: Maybe you think that sounds great. It's actually dangerous. It's not up to government to determine what is true and what is not true. (laughs) Because it turns out that everything that they don't like, they judge a lie. It's really dangerous. By the way, you want to see some lies? Here's one.
3: Some people are always in a hurry. They run when they could walk. Race up steps when others take it slow. When Joe Biden's president,
1: America is just going to have to keep up. Is that what it feels like? America just has to keep up with Joe Biden? No, I'm going to do my uh, part right here to uh, promote the truth and defeat the lies, Joe Biden, because this is a lie. You knew it back when you saw that commercial. All right, Joe, you're you're in way over your head. You're just not up to this job. Your time passed a long time ago. And uh, just because uh, you pretend that you have middle class roots does not make it true either.
3: Won't have to wait for a president on the side of working families. He's from Scranton. No one has to tell him Wall Street didn't build this
1: country. He knows who did. Joe lived in a lot of places when he was a kid, other than Scranton, by the way. And uh, he's always been better off than he wants you to believe. Actually... Did you know that he lived in a house like this one? One of about at least three residences we know of, a $4.7 million mansion in McLean, Virginia. He just needed one because, uh, well, it was closer to Washington, D.C., beach house, mansion in Delaware. Also this. Hey, he happens to wear a very fancy watch for middle-class working Joe. Apparently, he bought bought himself a new one for Inauguration Day. He loves very nice clothes Take a look at this jacket of his. It costs roughly $2,500. It's a Corneliani. He's got a sweater vest on the middle uh, attached to the jacket. This is uh, Joe has a taste for this stuff, and so does Hunter. Unfortunately, Hunter has a taste for all kinds of things that aren't good for him. But as you know, the media, they've covered up for um, Hunter. They cover up for Joe all the time. And they want us to believe that somehow Joe Biden is just a all shucks kind of guy. Middle class lunch pail Joe. But you know and I know that is not true. It's not. I want to tell you a little bit about, and I'm sorry to have to do this. I don't like picking on people's families, but uh, the mainstream media failed. So we're going to talk about Valerie Biden, Joe Biden's sister. Did you know he's run every? She's run every single one of his campaigns since 1970. Yes, before he ran for the United States Senate, uh, Valerie was involved all the way up until the presidential campaign. She wasn't just stuffing envelopes, okay? This is a way for relatives to get rich. Believe me, a campaign is a private entity. It's not working for the government. This is how he helped his family get rich. By the way, then you set up a couple of foundations. Once the campaign is over, you know about the Joe Biden Foundation slash Institute at the University of Delaware. She is the vice chair. Basically... Almost all of the Bidens are in the business of being a relative of Joe Biden, including Valerie's, um, I guess it's her husband, Joe's uh, brother-in-law. Yeah, you know, we, we found out some really interesting things about him. Uh, Fox News uncovered some very interesting emails that I think are smoking gun proof of a major conflict of interest or maybe even outright corruption. From Jack Owens to Hunter back in 2014, this is when Joe was vice president. My companies, Mediguide America and Mediguide Insurance Services International, are in discussions with an insurance company based in China. This company will require that we possess a China business license to seal this deal. Again, this is from an uncle to his nephew. Uh, The fact that we do not yet have one has caused a slight credibility bump in the company's mind, so I would be most appreciative of any help and direction you might be able to provide to help me accomplish this task timely. Thanks. Uncle Jack, all right? Again, uh, this is when Joe Biden is vice president, brother-in-law of the vice president, writing to his nephew, the son of the vice president, future president. There's more emails. Let's go uh, see email below. It's my Uncle Jack. Is there a way we can help expedite this Time is of the essence here. Now, this is Hunter's email to his business associate, James Bolger. James Bolger writes back to Hunter. Me and Michael had a call with Jack this morning. I think we have a solution for the China problem. And oh, by the way, who gets to meet some top Chinese officials Mr. Owens, Joe's brother-in-law, is informed by uh, the White House that you can come to a big State Department luncheon honoring the Chinese President Xi, hosted by Vice President Biden. So, by the way, James Bolger, the nephew of Whitey Bolger, the infamous now-deceased gangster, killed like 100 people at least with guns and sometimes his own hands... Bad guy, bad guy. And By the way, I'm sure James is a fine person, but uh, there are a lot of people in the world to do business with, and Hunter is in business with uh, the Bolger. All right. Again, nothing against uh, James Bolger for now. Uh, what do we have here? We have two political figures. One, Donald Trump, who is rich and is not afraid to be rich and is not afraid to tell you that he is rich. And we've got Joe Biden, who pretends to be a middle-class, ordinary guy, He is very rich. His family has gotten very rich, and he lies to us. He deceives us, but you can't. You can't pull that off for much longer, Joe. We all know now. Be right back.
3: Hey, I'm Rob Carson, host of the Newsmax Daily podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view, and it's actually funny. You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app, and it downloads directly to your smartphone so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app or go to Newsmaxtv.comslash podcasts for other platforms.
2: Something's coming. I hear it calling. All I can say.
1: Is Is that that the the fake fake news just doesn't get it, do do they? They don't. They don't. And the fake news, you know who they've been bullying big time, quite frankly? White women. White women, this uh, whole Karen thing and canceling the Karens, it is nasty, it is unfair, and I think it's politically and racially motivated. Uh, You've heard about this, right? Um, If you're an assertive woman and you get into any kind of altercation, small dispute with anybody, especially somebody of a, possibly of of another race, you could be in serious career ending, life altering trouble. So much so that, uh, well, they made an industry out of uh, picking on these women. This Halloween, apparently dressing as a Karen is the in thing, at least in certain woke neighborhoods. But this is awfully unfair. It's wrong. It shouldn't be happening. And the women who have received the most attention, the so-called Karens, have usually been the most innocent.
0: Please take your phone off. Please
3: don't come close to me. I'm the
2: cops.
3: Please, please call the cops please call the cops
2: i'm going to tell them there's an african-american man threatening my life please tell them whatever you like we're just saying absolutely your signs and everything and that's good this is
1: not this is not the way to do it okay it's private property I'm, no, no, no. I'm gonna invite everyone stay in our
2: hood. oh my god did you just say that's me
1: so basically within seconds of those videos going viral they all lost their jobs And they were the ones being harassed. Each one of them was actually being harassed. They may have said some things, uh, unfortunate things in the heat of the moment, uh, but they're not racists. And the media, they never bothered to go deep as we did here on Newsmax. They just moved on. And I think this is part of a concerted effort, by the way, to um, punish white women for, what did they do that's so unforgivable for the media? Voting for Donald Trump in 2016. And they want to make sure they behave when they vote next time. The media, they are all about appearances. Oh, and so much of this is about class. Have you noticed that? Class. The media, they love highly educated, beautiful people. If you went to Stanford, there's almost nothing you can't do. They will believe everything you say, everything you try to sell them, they'll buy. Have you heard of Theranos? And this woman named uh, Elizabeth Holmes, pretty impressive, I guess, looking. Uh, They say some guys were mad about her. Uh, She went to Stanford and she came out with uh, an alleged technology, just a little pinprick of blood, just a little droplet, and they could evaluate your entire genetic DNA, everything. You didn't have to give vials of blood anymore. Just a little pinprick. That would have been great, but it didn't work. It was all phony. But she made such a great case.
2: You have, you have a vision, you have a mission. For me, it was finding what, what I'm just so incredibly passionate about in life, and when you find that thing, then it's a question of going down a thousand different paths to get to your end point, no matter how you have to go to get there. The course of building this business has been about figuring out at every fork in the road how to get a step closer to that vision and to that dream
1: uh she talked a good game but it was uh, a great big fraud apparently it had no technology uh she could talk it up but it wasn't there fooled a lot of people including very smart people uh former secretaries of state defense george Shultz, uh, henry kissinger heavyweights were throwing their money and time at elizabeth holmes and theranos because uh she went to the right schools, and she sounded like the real thing when she wasn't. Um, she's on trial right now, actually, for fraud. She's in big trouble. We'll see if she gets away with it. Also, uh, similar to this, there's a guy named Carlos Watson. I first noticed him about 15 years ago. Uh, impressive guy. Uh, went to Harvard and uh, Stanford Law School, I believe. He was on TV a lot. People liked him. Very charismatic. Very charismatic started calling himself the best talk show host in the country, right up there with Oprah and Anderson Cooper. And people were throwing money at him. I mean, big time, millions and millions of dollars into his company, which was called, uh, Aussie Media. Turns out that Aussie Media was a great big house of cards and looks like he was a bit of a con man, not paying staffers with PPE money. The TV shows that he said he had had no way to be distributed. So, uh... Again, if you look the right way, you sound the right way, and you went to the right schools, the media, they will give you a great big free ride most of the time. You know, there's one guy though I know who usually can see through this kind of nonsense.
2: Why wouldn't you dedicate yourself to public
1: service? Because I think it's a very mean life I I would love and I would, I would dedicate
2: my life to this country, but I see it as being a mean life. And I also see it that somebody with strong views and somebody with the kind of views that are maybe a little bit unpopular, which may be right, but maybe unpopular, wouldn't necessarily have a chance of getting elected against somebody with no great brain, but a big smile.
1: No great brain, but a big smile. Sounds like a couple of people we know, huh? Big smile, no great brain. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think he, you think he would have uh, become president if he were dour? How about Joe Biden? Style over substance. It works almost every time. Unfortunately, I'll be right back. If you've had it with the old news and the same
0: spent, well, then Spicer and Company's your place for the inside story and for the facts that you need to know.
1: The fake drama about January 6th continues. Oh boy, do they want to milk this thing? They think they can tarnish anybody who supported Trump or anybody who might have even a remote small concern about the fairness of the 2020 election. Uh, the committee, the House committee, sent out a bunch of uh, uh, new subpoenas focusing on that rally before the riot this time. This is in addition to all the former Trump officials they have already subpoenaed, some folks we know, some folks who have been on Newsmax uh, uh, quite often over the past uh, couple of months and years. Donald Trump has made it clear he thinks they should blow off these subpoenas. Just don't... Uh, don't comply. And uh, there might be a legal justification for blowing them off. Uh, As for Trump, you know where he was on January 6th. He gave that speech. I always said he had a great alibi. I mean, number one, he's not at the Capitol. And number two, he specifically told people to uh, keep it peaceful, right?
2: I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and Patriotically, make your voices heard.
1: All right, so I'm not a lawyer, but here's what I would do. Um, I would print off a picture of those four police officers at the hearing a couple of months ago. These guys, These some people call them crisis actors. I think that was a pretty apt description totally unprofessional. Uh, This is a law enforcement more than a political question about January 6th, in my opinion, a security matter. Uh, But I would not want to go in front of this phony baloney committee. And by phony baloney, I mean, this is phony baloney. You know,
2: you talk about the impact of that day. But you guys won. You guys held. You know, democracies are not defined by our bad days. We're defined by how we come back from bad bad days. How we take accountability for that.
1: The room I would have burst out laughing. By the way, he looks like he's in sixth grade. This right here, uh, forget the picture of the cops, send a video clip of this and say, I won't participate in this phony sham Hearing. Those six seconds, I think, nullify the whole affair. Okay? I think that's pretty good advice. I have to go back to the first impeachment hoax now. Do you remember Fiona Hill? Uh, She received a fair amount of attention. She was a National Security Council staffer, and uh, she was quite, uh, in my opinion, a little bit haughty when she showed up.
3: I have no interest in advancing the outcome of your inquiry in any particular direction except toward the
0: truth. I
1: don't know. There's something about that. Anyway, she has a uh, book to sell right now, and she went on Morning Joe, and she told everybody about how, uh, you know, how little she thought of Donald Trump. And uh, here's a little bit of that.
3: From the perspective of myself and others who were working um, in the
1: NSC at the time, we knew that President Trump did not want to admit that the um, Russians had played any kind of role in the election because it would be tantamount to saying that he hadn't been elected legitimately, that he was an illegitimate president. He didn't want to give any credence to that kind of idea. And he shouldn't have. The Russians spent $100,000, $100,000 over two years, on Facebook ads. It did not elect Donald Trump president, and he should reject it because the idea itself is ridiculous. Uh, Anyway, so she's out there making noise again. Donald Trump has been noticing and taking notes, and he put out one heck of a statement today. Fiona Hill was terrible at her job. The first time I remember hearing her name was during impeachment hoax number one, where she worked hard to say anything bad, but there wasn't much. Also this, she may have been in the Oval and conference rooms with me, but this was not anybody who I recognized. Then she acted like she was a know-it-all, but in reality, she had no influence whatsoever. Uh, She was very close to one of the dumbest and most crazed people in Washington, John Bolton. Both of them didn't say much, and what they did say wasn't listened to. I love these statements. I love them. One more. Fiona Hill was a deep state stiff with a nice accent. Books are being written by people like her who had virtually no access to me and who I didn't even know. They write it as if they're experts on Trump, but they know absolutely nothing about me. Awesome. Awesome. I did not like her. I did not like her one bit. All right, folks. And now this. Black lives, of course they matter. Black lives, all lives matter, but black lives matter. That was never up for debate. But the Black Lives Matter movement, they only care when a black life is taken by a white cop. Black Lives Matter, including the life of 14-year-old William Pemberton, shot and killed Wednesday in Chicago's Morgan Park neighborhood. Two other teenagers were also wounded by gunfire. Police say the victims were chatting on the sidewalk at around 7 at night when someone walked up with a handgun and opened fire. Pemberton was shot in the head, did not survive. The high school freshman had six brothers and sisters who all say he was a very special kid. His father says he had big dreams for William to play pro football maybe someday.
0: He was going to be better than Deion Sanders. You can tell him any of your problems. He wouldn't tell nobody nothing you went through. He just sat back and listened. You know, that's unique for a kid that's 14. Took him to Wendy's, got something to eat. I told him I wasn't going to stop and get nothing to eat. He said, man, you got some money on you. I said, are you right? My daughter called me and said my son got shot in the head. And I said, what was he doing over there? Hard pill to swallow, but can't question God.
1: The other two victims, a 14-year-old and a 15-year-old, are expected to survive. No arrests and police have no leads. Local news outlets are reporting that 328 minors have been shot in Chicago so far this year, 41 fatally. William Pemberton was 14 years old. Well, I uh, I thought I'd seen everything. You know that mass shooting that happened at the school in Arlington, Texas, Timberville High School in Arlington? Four people were shot. The suspected shooter has already been released on bail, $75,000. He spent barely one night in custody. Timothy George Simpkins, 18 years old, who attends Timberville High School in Arlington, uh, will report to home confinement. Home confinement, $75,000 bond, uh, as you can see. And by the way, he was welcomed home. A great big party there in the house. This is a person who is alleged to have shot four individuals, at least two very seriously at a school, a mass shooting. I believe any time it's three or more people, it is technically considered a mass shooting. Now, it is an allegation. The evidence against him, though, is overwhelming. Uh, I am, quite frankly, astounded. And I, I, I immediately think of the January 6th protesters. Some of them are still in custody. Some who neither broke anything nor hurt anyone, still in custody. This young man, accused of attempted murder, and in fact, I I hope no one does die, I know there are some still in the hospital, is already out of jail. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza joins us. He is the host of the Dinesh D'Souza podcast and, of course, the very successful author and conservative thinker and filmmaker. Um, Dinesh, welcome back. This just happened not too long ago. I, I am truly shocked. I, I, I don't, I did not see that one coming. Your
0: thoughts? Well, the, uh, I don't know uh, how our justice system can uh, pr- promise equal justice under the law. With all the things that we see going on in America, the, uh, the um, radical inequality in the way people are treated. You mentioned the January 6th protesters Here's another example. Look at the guy, uh, the military guy who criticized Biden on Afghanistan. They threw him into confinement. Now this guy, that guy is a trial coming up. But I notice that when people are on the conservative side, uh, they are apprehended, the book is thrown at them, the Merrick Garland is, is on their case, the FBI is on their case. Uh, but when you have incidents like this, if it doesn't feed a narrative, I mean, just think about what would happen if this guy, for example, were white. Suddenly, we'd be hearing all about white supremacy. We'd be hearing all all about guns. But the moment they realize, oh, wow, it's a black guy who did it, they uh, suddenly realize, OK, well, this doesn't really fit the narrative. Let's stop talking about it. Let's treat it completely differently. So it seems like our whole justice system and our media are responding only to things that fit the narrative. It is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I want to be clear, anybody who is accused of a
1: mass shooting and has been arrested needs to be processed, needs to spend a little bit more time in jail than one night and only $75,000. Now, I did notice this in the aftermath, even before he was arrested, and they showed his, um, his picture. They were already trying to explain this mass shooting away, that he was the victim of bullying, bullying, and that that could somehow explain it. I believe the Columbine shooters, Dylan Klebold and and the other one was Harris, I believe, were also um, believed to have been bullied. I mean, that that as if that's some sort of literally a get out of jail free card. I, uh, I I it's 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 very bizarre, very very bizarre. We don't have much more than this, Dinesh. I am very curious about the judge, who uh, who presided over this. But something this is a ra- this is radical. This is unbelievable, and I know I'm not the only one that's outraged. And you think about those January six people, that is something. Well, we'll keep our eye on it. Dinesh, we also wanted to talk to you about what happened in Afghanistan. You may know at this point, and I believe you were one of the first on this, the uh, 13 service members we lost, the Marines, the soldier, and the sailor. It looks like the suicide bomber responsible had just been released from Afghanistan's Bagram prison, or had been there for quite some time, had been released on August 15th by the Taliban, just days prior to killing to killing our soldiers, had been in custody and released in the chaos of our botched withdrawal. Uh, I think this is a big deal. I hear almost no one talking about it. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what do you know and what do you think?
0: Well, the first thing I think is that uh, it's odd that this information came out after uh, Defense Secretary Austin and the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Milley, appeared to testify. So they, they couldn't be asked about this because it came out afterward, um, even though they probably knew about it before. Now- Let's remember that the Biden administration was kind of almost, you could say, coordinating with the Taliban. They had a meeting in which the Taliban essentially said to the Biden guys, "Listen, do you want to control Kabul during the duration of the of the pullout?" And the Biden guys said, "No, we really don't. We just need the airport. You can control the rest of Kabul." Also, as you know, the Biden administration was handing out lists to the Taliban uh, of the names and contact information of Americans and American allies who were trying to get out. So, I mean. This This is almost like, you know, sleeping with the enemy. Uh, The Biden administration has, I think, bears a lot of responsibility for this because they were working with the bad guys. I don't know if they thought they were good guys, uh, but they seem to have been, at the very least, partial enablers of the suicide bombing.
1: That is extraordinary. And as you know, the fake news has really moved on. Uh, And actually, so have the people. No one really seems to be talking about this, although I know it's made an impact. People... They internalized this one, and I think Joe Biden's numbers, 39%, 38% in the latest Quinnipiac poll. You know, they, the fake news has turned the uh, page, but the people, the people won't forget this one.
0: No, I think it's a lasting wound, and uh, the, uh, happily, we were able to see it visually, because I think if it were merely described like in the old days in the newspaper, people would, in fact, forget, because it is a very distant conflict. But when you see, uh, you know, airplanes taking off from the ground, people falling out of the airplane, those are images that are, to me, as unforgettable as the images of people jumping out of windows on 9-11. So I don't think this is going away from the American psyche all that fast. So where
1: are we overall right now, if you don't mind, Dinesh? You're, uh, you're such a smart person. You've been around for a long time. It does feel like um, half of this country is being demonized. I think a lot of what we're seeing here is meant to inhibit people from speaking up. Uh, You know about how the attorney general directed the FBI to coordinate with local authorities about these school board meetings. I mean, the FBI making a federal case out of some people being passionate in their distaste for the direction the school is going. Uh, Overall, your sense of where we are and what this could turn into if we uh, if something doesn't happen.
0: What I, find, I mean, what I find understandable is how the Biden administration has now become um, subservient to the progressives and to the left. I mean, it seems that the progressives and the left have taken over the Democratic Party. Remember, the Democratic Party once had conservatives in it. Now, not only does it not have conservatives, it can't even accommodate centrists like Cinema or Manchin. Even they have become marginalized in this Democratic Party. But what's, I think, really odd is the way in which the Biden people don't seem to care uh, that they are making so many enemies. They don't seem to care that their polls are tanking. It's almost as if they have the brazen confidence that they've got the process so fixed so much under their control. They've got the media in their back pocket. They've got digital media censoring people right and left that it sort of doesn't matter what the American people think. They are the permanent ruling class of the country. I mean, they're approaching politics with that kind of, I would say, aristocratic attitude.
1: Wow. Wow. Well, uh, I don't like it at all. And uh, I think you, I'm so glad you're on the scene, Dinesh. Keep doing what you're doing, please. We need you. And to be continued, sir, Dinesh D'Souza, please check out his podcast, the Dinesh D'Souza Podcast. And of course, he's all over Twitter and social media to the extent that he can be. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. We'll be right back. You are looking at a suspected mass shooter in yesterday's school shooting in Arlington, Texas. He is already out on bail. Approximately 24 hours later, Timothy George Simpkins, the suspect in yesterday's school shooting, (laughs) is already out on bail. This is uh, shocking to me. Timberville High School, uh, four people were shot, including a teacher, $75,000 bond. He's already at home His family actually threw him a bit of a party. So the conditions of his release, he will have to submit to drug and alcohol testing and wear a GPS monitoring device. But uh, I, quite frankly, uh, am totally astonished, again, that a suspected mass shooter, four people, four people shot, seriously injured, is already out of custody. Uh, I'd like to bring in Jonathan Gilliam, one of our favorites here at Newsmax, law enforcement expert, former FBI, former Navy SEAL. Jonathan, and as we go to you for perspective, I'll just add this. Uh, there are now, there are still January 6th protesters, suspects in custody. Some of them did not hurt anybody, did not break anything, yet they are still in jail. This guy is out I I I am at a loss. What do you, What do you think?
3: Well, first of all, I think the bail should have been higher, uh, or maybe none, because of the fact of, of the sheer violence of this and where it occurred and how it occurred. I think the whole thing happened too quickly. Uh, but but on the other hand, you know, this is our justice system, and the judge set that bail, and somebody posted it. I would really like to find out who posted this bail. Now, in in contrast to this. Um, and I can guarantee you that there's going to be people that are going to make this guy out to be a hero. I mean, I already see that coming because he was bullied, uh, because of the nature of the uh, of where it was at. Uh, I don't know what what uh, financial status this kid's family has or anything. But there's going to be people that will make him out to be a, a hero in a lot of ways. And But I will tell you, Greg, you brought up a good point there about the January 6th issue. Um, there's still people in jail uh, because of that everybody so far that's been charged, I think the majority of people that have been charged in the January 6th incident has amounted to the same thing you would get for coming over the border illegally. And one individual I talked to uh, that is on the Joint Terrorism Task Force in New York said that when they went and arrested the guy, you've seen him in the the pictures and the videos, not the shaman, but another guy who's actually a Hasidic Jewish guy out of New York. I think he had the horns on. When they went in to get this guy, remember, he didn't do anything violent yeah. at all. They, they used 50 agents from the JTTF, helicopter, dogs, bomb squad, and SWAT team. Then he was charged with misdemeanor trespass.
1: It's, that's uh, crazy. It, it is crazy. By the way, he's not actually charged with uh, this, this man in Texas. He's charged with three counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Now, that's serious, but it's not attempted murder. A 15-year-old boy is in critical condition. A teenage girl grazed by a bullet has been discharged by the hospital. Another victim, a pregnant woman was injured during a fall during the shooting. You know, the whole idea of bullying. And I heard some of that yesterday. Some of the most notorious mass shooters in history were the subject of subjects of bullying. You know, bullying is not an excuse. I mean, it's a horrible thing to be bullied. It happens. And I know it leads to problems, but well, that that does not that does not set you free one day later.
3: No, and it does not change the legal system. It, Greg, if I had a beef with you, and I packed a, and I went to Newsmax with a gun in my backpack, waiting for you to say something, and I pull it out and shoot you and four other people, I'm going to get charged with attempted and and possibly premeditated murder. I mean, that's the case. Um, and I think what we're seeing here, especially in Texas, right, I, Texas needs to wake up because these judges in Texas are as far left as you can go. Some of these judges are just as criminal and far left as the, the Ninth Circuit Court up there in in, uh, in San Francisco in that area. The reality is this, text, this judge in Texas needs to be looked at and they need to uh, see – what this is all about, where are these charges, the police department, this entire thing from the get go has been very shady in how they're charging. But it gives a good example of where our entire justice system is going with Merrick Garland, with the nine uh, with the January 6th issue. And now this. Let it's me jump. Let me jump in and tell people thing.
1: let me tell the people are looking at a video, Instagram video. There he is in his blue shirt. He's home. He's celebrating with his family They're uh, They're happy to have him back. Uh, uh, You know, I know he's not convicted of anything. He is a suspect. Overwhelming evidence. Uh, The judge, whose name I do not yet have, this is, uh, well, I guess this is the new reality. Dinesh D'Souza says if it doesn't fit a certain narrative, that's the way things are going. You point out the liberal judges are far more liberal in Texas than we might realize. This is this is. Uh, extraordinary. Uh, however, you know what? We've seen weird stuff like this before. We have in certain parts of the country. One thing happens and in another part, something else. But we saw those images, the evacuation. It looked, ju- the, even the high school actually looks like Columbine.
3: And, uh, it Dylan, does. Yeah, go hey, ahead. Greg, where did he get the gun? Where did he, Has anybody even brought that issue up? Where did this guy get this gun? Because he potentially has an illegally acquired gun. So, that should even, he's not even been charged with that. I th- This whole thing, I mean, immediately, if anybody else around this country on a typical day was to do something like this, they would be charged with attempted murder. Uh, put, uh, if the guy dies, uh, premeditated murder. They would start looking where that gun came from. Whoever sold him that gun would be uh, charged. Um, I mean, none of this stuff has even been looked at and i don 't think that the, uh, the 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 bond was high enough. I think it should have been way higher than that uh, because it was premeditated
1: premeditated. do we know that for sure? I, I know there was a fight i know we don 't know if it was an illegal gun. it could have been a legal gun. i guess you 're not supposed to take those to school. I know we have a video of him having a fight uh, and again, if we think about the horns guy, you mentioned the the, the Hasidic Jew from from Brooklyn, I think of the Horns guy, I believe he might be from Arizona, uh, Jacob Chansley. Mm-hmm. I think we have a picture of him. Some, one of these days, I want to meet him, He's gonna, but it may be six or seven years from now, because he's pleaded guilty, and that's what the sentence is looking like for him. And you can look at yeah. all the video you want. You can look at all the pictures. Yes, he's acting like a crazy person. Yes, he's howling at the moon. But what is he not doing? He's not hurting anybody, and he is not armed with a weapon And in fact, I have evidence of him being polite and courteous with police officers. This is extraordinary. Once again, we have a suspected mass school shooter out, out of jail, at home. I think the only uh, the only guidelines are don't drink alcohol, which he's not supposed to do anyway. He's only 18 years old. All right. It's it's beyond comprehension, but we appreciate it, Mr. Gilliam. Thank you very much. I got to go. Final word.
3: This is a part of a larger problem of the entire justice system is crumbling before our eyes. We have to do something about it. All right.
1: Not sure what, but yes it is. Thank you very much, sir. We'll be right back.
3: Real heroes.
2: Real conflict. Real threats. Real heart. Now, there's a place America gets its news. No agenda, just the facts. Newsmax. Real news for real people. I've been incredibly
1: honored Um, In cookie form, Uh, some of the things I've done professionally and personally have been memorialized temporarily in gingerbread form. This is a beautiful gingerbread cookie that the good folks at Betty's uh, Gingerbread Bakery House up in Quincy, Massachusetts sent my way. What do you think, huh? This is all gingerbread, and uh, I'm very, very grateful. But uh, please, no more food, okay? It's getting ugly down there. Thank you very much to the folks in Quincy, and thank you for watching. Do me a favor, if you don't mind, tell your friends about what we're doing here. We're pretty excited about it at Newsmax. Thank you, and have a good one. We'll see you tomorrow night. Stand by for Stinchfield.